Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Rusty Stewart, Roll Barnes, Stuart Rampage, Merry Christmas. <laughs> I, I love those nicknames. By the way. I know they're good. I feel I've not. I don't think I coined most of those nicknames. <laughs> oh. Rusty. Rusty. Yeah. Yeah. Are we feeling Christmassy? Uh, not yet. I don't think I feel Christmassy until like Christmas Eve. I don't know. I feel like I put up the tree the other day. Pretty, that was quite hype but it's the first time we've uh like i've decorated in this flat and i feel like i never realized how many decorations it takes to decorate a tree and like i, th- I thought he, i thought <laughs> i was coming out the shop with like right this is way too many like spent quite a bit of money on like baubles most of them look like cr- fucking shit and like <laughs> and then and then like you put up the tree and it it's so bare like so bare it looks like there's about five baubles in it I feel like when you when you grow up, just you have hundred, you have too much, like random baubles and stuff. I don't know. Maybe that wasn't that was my experience. You did do either. some like nice wee homemade ones, <laughs> like you know. Did you like? Did you ever do that at school? Like make the wee ones out of like the egg carton, like yeah, yeah. or uh, like out of what's the stuff you mix? It's like paper mache, paper mache, or yeah, like clay. Yeah, like paper mache stuff. I definitely had, paint it. I had real bad. Clay yeah. Though. Or like water and flour, and then cook it, and then in the shape of a thing. And give then it a plate on the go. Yeah, yeah. Make, give it the homemade look. Maybe I need to be visiting more uh, school Christmas fairs. <laughs> <laughs> or not? <laughs> <laughs> we have like a, a two foot Christmas tree, so it's kind of like it is Christmassy, but it's just not that not giving off that Christmas aura because it's so small. <laughs> So it's yeah, not not quite Christmassy yet. Just keep like stepping on it and stuff. <laughs> yeah, just tripping over yeah, it. <laughs> When's um, it acceptable to feel Christmassy? I don't know what the kind of confines are. What's the I feel kind like of first point? of December? Yeah, December is like Christmassy period, but like when do you stop feeling Christmassy? Because mm. it's a Boxing Day. <laughs> <laughs> you get the Boxing Day come down. Just hits you. Christmas yeah. is over. Yeah. No, I think I feel Christmassy into January. Yeah. Like it's like it goes into Hogmanay, and then you still feel kind of 
Jolly. I don't know, nice at the start of January. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I don't when know. All the tree, when all the trees start dying, that's when yeah. it starts to go, sad. I think. <laughs> yeah, you're clinging on. Yeah. What's the rule? Is it, There's a rule, isn't there? Like, 12th of January, get your, get your fucking get your shit down. Yeah, you have to get all the decorations <laughs> down, isn't it? Most bad no, luck. Twelve, yeah. 12 days after Christmas. Yeah. Oh right, the twelve fifth. days. Oh right, sorry. <laughs> the song's about. <laughs> yeah. Get your five bubbles off the tree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Round them all up. <laughs> I kind of want to plant my tree as well. I feel like I don't know. I've saw, seen people do it before. I think it is a thing. You can replant them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that. I think that's. Like becoming more popular, isn't it? You can buy trees that then can be planted again. Oh, mm. so you need a your you need to buy a specific tree to go. Yeah, rather than like getting one that's been cut down, I think there's ones that you can get that are like it's still got the roots in soil. So then, yeah, yeah, they people come and like pick them up. Right. Okay. But I mean, you can find a practical use for it. <laughs> it can be it can be like a a decoration. The tree's not Christmassy if it's not got the Christmas decorations on it. True. <laughs> just cut off and use it for firewood. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's that too. Just start, no, but like in the living room, just start hacking into it while it's still got everything on it, and just yeah. start burning it. Bring a bring in one of those like drums and just burn it in the <laughs> in your living room. Yeah, just gonna get the oil drum going with the Christmas tree. <laughs> I need it, man. It's so cold in here. It's freezing everywhere, isn't oh. it? Has it been a big? Has it been a good? 2020 for everyone hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you're fucking great man <laughs> rory last time i spoke to you in the podcast was right at the beginning of march you were pretty positive ahead of festival season my god what a changed man i am now <laughs> there's me thinking like covid the last it's two aged weeks. you man i can see you through the webcam you're looking wow. it's ground you down well i did have a i did have a covid birthday so <laughs> I literally have been aged by it, but no, um, I mean, I think initially COVID was really shit and then it just became like the new normal, didn't it? Yeah. Just got used to it and tried to like get around it. You guys wrote a song with each other and like did a song. So, I mean, it was productive, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. You yeah. find the, find the new ways and workarounds and stuff and then you kind of just get used to it. But yeah, it's that way. It was horrible at the start. It was just that sudden shift for everyone. Yeah. But then you sort of adjusted. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. We we played. We did our last show together, didn't we, Russell? And it was. Yeah. Very. <laughs> That's very, funny. Very weird. I remember leaving that, being like, because we were doing that, and then we were potentially be, gonna be doing something with like, Fatsuit as well. And then oh, I, yeah. I was like buzzing about it, and we were getting the messages through, being like, right, hey, hey, we can actually do this. And then Russell's like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm gonna be able to do that, man. Like, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then I spoke to like the other guys and they're like yeah this definitely is not gonna go ahead like this is way more serious and then i was like yeah it like it's one of those things like in the first week like you obviously was abiding by the rules but it just got more and more real or like the more you understood it you're like all oh, right okay this isn't like a five minute job when did you feel like that realization set in like what kind of time frame don't know. Well, I was gonna have a roller disco for my birthday, so I had to cancel that. That was a very oh. rare. <laughs> that mean fucking mad. Yeah, I was so but like I I saw someone post up. They'd started roller uh like the quad rollerblading, 
and they worked in like a roller like a roller rink that's what you call it right i was like that would be such a good idea because then there's no like oh who can come who can't come you're just like look we're going everyone just like turn up and and then i was like i can't do this anymore it's pretty sad you have to do that next year yeah next or, year but hopefully next year yeah <laughs> when the we, roller rink's really or the year after <laughs> yeah well if you guys get practicing then we could have a dance off or something <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you could get pretty fiercely competitive. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'd be horrific at rollerblading. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be so bad. <laughs> I, I tried it for a while. I think I was all right at it because I liked doing. Whenever I went ice skating, I was like, "Oh, this is fun!" And I tried the rollerblading. It was sort of all right. Then I just got bored of it. But I think I, I was I was able to stay up at least. I don't know about dancing, going around in circles <laughs> yeah. in that roller rink though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel that. If I can stand up on them, I'd be happy. Yeah. Just get pushed around. <laughs> Maybe move a few feet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys can hold my hand. <laughs> Do you never go ice skating at Christmas, though? How are you at that? That's probably a good Me? indicator, yeah. Yeah. Or you never Terrible. go? Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I went once when I was younger and decked it and, like, smacked my head off the ice and that was it. <laughs> nah, I remember, that sounds pretty remember once I went with my family when I was, like, nine or ten and my sister kept him just like falling over but dragging me down with her <laughs> it was that and then i had one other time where i had to smack my head off the ice i was just like in in like injury prone when it came to things other than shoes and feet. <laughs> <laughs> flip-flops just falling over at the beach yeah just tripping over you them. never had yeah. heelys no oh I'll tell you what oh. i was i was i was good on the heelys <laughs> <laughs> one wheel i'm fine anymore it's dangerous <laughs> I remember, I never had Heelys. It was always such a shock when you'd just be walking down the street and then suddenly <laughs> someone would just take Wheels off. Wheels would pop out <laughs> and, like, and they'd go flying. <laughs> yeah. Just at the start when they became like a craze <laughs> and you just weren't prepared yeah. for seeing that on the street. <laughs> what a random craze, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you still see them yeah. every so often. Mental. They're just yeah, I never get, yeah, I've actually like never had a shot of them. Cause it's not the sort of thing that's like, it's not like a skateboard or like a bike where you're like, oh, here, you have a go now. Do you know what I mean? Cause. Take your shoes <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, can I, can can I have a shot of your shoes? shoes? Just take off and leave them shoeless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks. See you later. <laughs> you're a pretty big skateboarder though, aren't you, Stu? I, yeah. I mean, well, I wouldn't say a big makes me sound like I'm famous. Uh, no, I, skate in my spare time uh, always kind of always have or just yeah don't know always been like interested in the culture it's like just or like the clothes and the actual yeah just the way skating people hang around and that, <laughs> 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 that <was terrible. laughs> uh, is it just yeah. me is there more skateboarders kicking about glasgow oh it feels sure. like over a lot then it's kind of gotten pretty huge or not huge yeah. but there's a lot more than there used to be I think uh, I saw. I can't remember what this. I, I read somewhere that like, there's definitely been a big influx in skaters and particularly uh, female skaters as well, which is amazing. Because I think as well, just you notice driving around Glasgow that you just, you just can't go anywhere without seeing someone with a skateboard now, and just sick. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's because it was so COVID friendly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because there was less traffic for months and stuff, so there was just less. I don't know, congested around, so it gets easier for people with skateboards to get around and or pick it up again because people are looking yeah, for hobbies. I think and that's stuff. a big thing. Everybody was like, "Oh, I'm just getting back into it," so which was pretty cool. 
Did you go skateboarding at all when the city was like yeah. pretty dead? How yeah. was that? Uh, it was weird. Like, yeah, just skating down like Soggy Hall Street and stuff, and it's like absolutely dead. It's so weird. But the skate spots were always heaving, like in town. So when you got anywhere, it was like so busy. But it's good crack. <laughs> it's weird. Like everyone's went from doing like fist bumps and stuff like that to like elbows. Uh, it's just like it's strange very strange but it's cool are you guys familiar at all with the prouse questionnaire which is something i've got in store for this podcast the what the proust questionnaire it's a so it's a wee set of questions that was kind of invented as a parlor game back in the day to kind of get a sense the whole point of it was that you could get a true sense of someone's nature from asking them these like 25 questions that's mad so i've got the 25 questions on the go written out they're kind of quite deep stuff quite interesting <laughs> questions the question about the from. <laughs> yeah, yeah have you have you already been doing <laughs> that was number started? 18 Dude, you've been quitting us already <laughs> yeah yeah i was like oh my well, god no, 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 i'm no, no, in no. some kind of like experiment <laughs> what did you find out rory can you give me a number between one and 23 seven is that your favorite number 23 is my favorite number <laughs> i don't know if i can pick 23 so <laughs> oh i thought that was part of it i thought this was going to be like on a sliding scale like the number you pick tells you you're this kind of person uh, so i've got these 23 questions that this guy's come up with that are supposed okay. to give you a true understanding of someone numbered okay. one to 23 rory you pick number seven okay <clears throat> who are your heroes in real life oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh god uh that's well on the spot, isn't it? <laughs> um, well, I've got so I've, as well as the questionnaire, I've got David Bowie's answers to it. Wow. Oh, so is it to see who's closest to David Bowie out of the three of us? Well, David <laughs> David Bowie said the consumer, so he's kind of taking the piss a bit. All <laughs> oh, oh, right. right. I thought you he were takes the piss quite a lot in his answers. It gets quite. You're like, come on, man, take it seriously. Oh yeah, don't. <laughs> yeah, this is don't a serious thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, who's my biggest what? Who are your heroes in real life? This question is open to everyone. I'd say my dad. That's a good classic <laughs> answer. And Stuart. Who <laughs> <laughs> are both your dads? <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Oh, so proud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Raise them well. I'm proud of your answer, son. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, I think I'd probably say that as well. Like my family yeah i think i'd probably say that as well because it's like heroes in real life like yeah i don't know i can't think of any yeah it's tough it depends on what context i yeah. guess like you can have heroes in like music for you guys or like photography for me but then you could have it in just like everyday life as well mm-hmm. do you have a photographer hero yeah. in particular not really <laughs> i can't think of anyone off the top of my head now uh love that your dad there's a guy i don't know how to pronounce his last name but it's like adam l it's like l machias or something like that and he was like the first like guy who kind of promoted himself online and would do like youtube videos on how to become a music photographer and stuff i guess he was like the first photographer that i knew of is he still pretty huge now yeah he shoots like massive bands like just like anyone that you can imagine he's probably shot for but then there's people like um, closer to home, like Tom Pallant, who does the Youngblood stuff, and a guy called Christian Tierney, who does like Niall Horan and 
like Hosier and stuff like that, which is cool. What about you guys? Do you have music heroes? I don't know. I think I used to think I did. But then it's like, are they just people who like inspire you or like whose music you really love? I don't know. Maybe it's like people you see doing something and you're like kind of, you feel proud of them. Yeah. Even if they're like on another level or whatever, like they're famous or whatever. But you still like feel proud when they do something. Is that kind of like... I think that's kind of hero, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they inspire you in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like, I suppose it's like you see people overcoming something. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like, hero is such a strong word. Like, yeah. Yeah. I've like, like, so many artists, like, uh, fucking Matt Corby, for example, I think is like, definitely one of my favorite, just round, like, performer slash writer. <clears throat> but has he saved my life? I'm not sure. <laughs> Whereas, like someone like like yeah, like I don't know, like a father fake like has definitely, you know I mean, sorted sorted you out. But uh, maybe he did save my life. I feel like he's the per- person that's made me stop singing like Ed Sheeran. So, do you know I mean? <laughs> like oh shit, you can he's a- definitely saved you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you could actually have your own voice instead of like speaking or singing like someone or do you know what I mean like. But in the same way mm. as that, like, I guess a lot of Scottish artists, like Fatherson and stuff, has been that kind of those kind of writers that really appeal to me in a, in a certain way. But deciding that le- leaning into their accent, leaning into where they're from, and I think I don't think it's necessary to do that. And everyone needs to do it in their music. I think like Alter Eagles are also absolutely fire for me. In like my music stuff, I find it really inspiring to be like actually you know what like fuck that if i'm gonna put something honest out i'm gonna say it like i would say it or like do you know what i mean does that make any sense mm-hmm. yeah definitely i think that's kind of cool and sometimes i think you just need to especially in music you need to take a step and be like right it, it might not work for me because of the way i speak or because of the way i sing or the, do you know what i mean but you just have to do it anyway you can tell in the charts at the moment that like hip-hop and like rappers are starting to come further and further up the uk and to the especially the north of england and stuff whereas before that wasn't really a thing like whereas now that guy like h is like everywhere and do you know I mean we're, yeah yeah i'm pretty sure like 10 years ago people probably would have been like can't play that on the radio or maybe i'm wrong but no i agree i think yeah like people like h is like suddenly it feels like they've come out of nowhere but really it's just people have started appreciating that genre of music and there's more people making it and making like that an actual like establishing it as a genre yeah yeah and I th- definitely yeah and i think then like you get used to the voice and then the that that vocal and that way of saying things is more acceptable i think same with like sam fender and stuff do you know what i mean like mm. it's the more exposure and more sort of the more chances these people different type of people get the more it bleeds influence bleeds into the mainstream and more people feel inspired yeah. by that because they've been given that totally. chance. Totally, sort of and I think that then opens the door for more people. Like I imagine, ha- like Fighting Rabbit, for example. How many, like, I guess people not from Scotland, they like drew in t- for Scottish artists, and now I don't know, mm-hmm. especially Americans, man, they just love Scottish artists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like you're stepping out your comfort zone a little bit with what you were saying there a little bit earlier on, Stuart? in regards to like kind of being yourself and having your own voice and stuff in your music or is that something you kind of get to a point where you can do yeah I, get, I i think like even when i was starting I, it's not enjoyable to like think about but even when i was starting uni and that was like 
don't know what was I eighteen then, and like my voice wasn't my own then, and like it it took me essentially four years from then, which was like twenty two to finally find what I wanted to sound like or like or how I was comfortable like like when I decided I was like comfortable right you can actually sing like this instead of trying to be sing like someone else I don't know and it's quite late when people say like oh when did you start writing music and when did you start doing this and they're like oh well I was five years old I picked up a guitar I mean like I've been like writing songs since I was young but like not really I was writing songs to try and impress people or do you know what I mean writing joke songs to make jokes in front of my friends and then it was only really like when I was turned 20 or something like that is when I actually was like oh crap right there's actually more honesty in this than than I may be giving it I I think particularly as well for me like because I was born in England I I had till I moved up when I was eight and I had like an English accent and then when I went to join the rugby team, you instantly have to change your accent because I started getting picked <laughs> on because of my English accent. And then, so I had this kind of weird thing where I was like, oh, it's okay if I sing like that because I am, I have a bit of that accent. So it was, it was kind of hard for me to know like where the balance stops, like where am I Scottish and where does the English twang finish? Do you know what I mean? I think that was maybe yeah. one of the reasons mm-hmm. it took a while. Who knows, maybe next year I'll be like, wow, I should have been singing in an Australian accent this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I think you should. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I get get that as well. Because, like, like even if I go back and listen to things when I was, like, 21, I still think, like, oh, it's... That's so weird. I can can tell it's me, but it's, like, 50% of me. So it's, like, it feels like I wasn't putting my full self into it and you're you can just hear sort of like oh i was trying to sound like this i was trying to sound like them whatever yeah and it it does take time to for you to settle in your own voice and to explore how it works and all that stuff and then so so it becomes like those influences you don't sound like them you just sound like you're influenced by them sort of thing yeah i think that's what's really like amazing about your music russell is that you can tell especially in the way that you sing you you can tell in some ways who you're influenced by or like maybe it's just because we talked about music a lot but <laughs> like there's it's still your voice 100 percent. do you know what i mean it's just oh, like thanks. the style it's yeah it's cool thanks mate yeah, sorry <laughs> we stop a moment carry on <laughs> <laughs> maybe what you're speaking about like that comes back to like a life thing as well like when you're 18 and you're 21 you don't really know yourself that well as a person as you get older and kind of progress in life and kind of figure out how you are a bit more that then becomes easier to kind of demonstrate that in your music as well and kind of get that across mm-hmm. yeah i think so i that's why it always amazes me when there's people like billy eilish and you're just like in particularly that tune when the party's over there's not many tunes that i just literally i'm going to drive and just loop the one song but that was <laughs> one of the songs for me that like i just was like oh i've got a 20 minute drive I can't be bothered listening to anything else apart from that three minute song <laughs> like over and over again. And like, imagine having the, yeah, knowing who you are that early on. Like that mm. is. It was, it was cool. She, did you watch, you know, that man, the, that interview she's done like every year, the same day. Yeah. I've not over watched this year's. Yeah, yeah. She's done that. So the one from this year, uh, yeah. I watched it the other day and it's, she, she actually mentions that. She says at one point, 
she's happy that she's she says like she's still exploring who she is sort of thing so yeah and she actually like she said that she's like i'm only 18 like i don't know who i am i don't know the music i want to make it's just that i've been seen since i was like 14 15 people think i've got it together but i haven't i'm still (laughs) i'm still figuring it out which i thought was really cool it can look so polished and you look together but you're still you're still figuring out (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess i guess what i meant what i should have said is that she had her own thing already at that time as opposed yeah, to exactly. who she is because yeah. i think you're right i think obviously yeah you're always you're always changing and stuff but it's just mm. cool to have an original thing before do you know what I mean? you're, yeah, yeah. it's mad you're yeah i guess as well there's like a slightly angsty quality to a lot of her stuff which probably comes from that as well and kind of being that age and kind of like you say still try to, she's saying she's still kind of exploring who she is it kind of feeds yeah. into the music in that way i love that i feel like i'm getting more angsty <laughs> yeah <laughs> i feel like I, I like i dipped for a while and now i'm like reverting to a teenager <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i think me, me and you alex have talked about this before it's like music is this thing that makes you delve into like all the crap do you know what i mean and like and constantly you're sitting down like oh today I'm gonna write a really sad song about this or like oh i'm not really feeling inspired to write today why don't I make myself very sad? Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it does force you to be a little bit more like angsty and a little bit more like reading into things too much and being aware of your emotions, I guess. Also like exaggerating emotions as well. Yeah. And like making a situation seem so much worse than it actually was. It's like you were saying as well, I remember last time we spoke, Stuart, you were saying that you quite often write when you're hanging, like the morning after. <laughs> yeah is it is it easier to kind of get to those emotions when you're in a place like that where you're already a bit feeling shit i think it's because uh other times i've done that successfully i've made a large mistake the night before or like (laughs) i just made like i i just yeah made a fool of myself usually i make a fool of myself and say something i shouldn't say or like do you know what i mean i just i don't know yeah you just end up being like oh crap I said that or like I was thinking that last night and then the next day you're sobering up and you have the fear and you're like right is that actually how I feel or is that just or am I just a fanny (laughs) (laughs) I used to do that with like voice notes like I used to take so many voice notes like walking home when I was drunk yeah from from like town or from a gig or from something which does obviously hasn't happened this year. <laughs> so I'm like, that's noticeably been missing. So I'm like, oh, I need to find another way to get those sort of feelings out. Yeah, totally. Just get drunk in your like your house and just walk around. <laughs> walk around in my room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does the music help with those feelings down anywhere? Or does it just kind of force you to kind of mull over them a little bit more? I think it's that way. It's like you have to push through it to get to the other side sort of thing. It's like once you start, mulling it over it's not going to be good for a while and then you just yeah. have to wade through it and then once you've dealt with it or got a song out of it or just faced it in some way you feel better yeah but it's one of those things it's like once you start it's gonna sit with you for a while so you have to kind of be like oh I have to deal with this i think you're right i think you're right sometimes it's for the better sometimes you just like right now like now i'm here now i need to get back out of this shit <laughs> like so we relived it again right Okay. Yeah. yeah. But know. no, there's been times where I've like, because sometimes I just come up with like we rhyming couplets or something that, that are associated to what I'm thinking or whatever, or things that are happening. And I just write it down, 
or like a wee memory will come up and I'll write it down and I'm just like no I don't want to I don't even want to think about that, that <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes I'll be like I'll write on a to-do list be like come back to that later screw <laughs> yeah. that should we have another question before we go to a song from the survey yes. okay <laughs> so who wants to pick a number Stuart Russell uh, I'll pick a number here you go yeah here you go eh uh, 11 what do you consider the most overrated virtue oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's a virtue what's a virtuous thing again yeah can you clarify for the dyslexics what virtuous means <laughs> um, like a personality trait oh. Uh, oh what's it patience is a virtue oh yeah I have no fucking idea can you read the question again <laughs> <laughs> Chris can you give an example Chris Tarrant, can you read the can you well, use virtue in a sentence, please? <laughs> boys put talent. Oh, right, okay. Uh, no, he's not what? put talent. What did you say, 11? What do you consider the most overrated virtue? Okay, so he said sympathy and originality. What? I need a list of virtues. I don't know what I would go for, though. Someone um, get a list of virtues. Is up. punctuality... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> does that count? Is that? Can you be emotionally punctual? I think that's... Yeah, like... I think so. <laughs> I think it's emotionally on, punctual. I think it's on the edge, but <laughs> there's Aristotle's twelve virtues. I just googled. What's he put for his twelve? Uh, courage, liberality, magnificent. I'm I'm very dyslexic, so reading this is just <laughs> not good. Justice, charisma, and style. Yeah, fuck charisma. And I don't that. have any charisma. Put charisma yeah. down. Yeah. Patience, <laughs> friendliness, friendliness, <laughs> wit, truthfulness, modesty, justice. <laughs> yeah, there's others, but I can't. I can't read them, so I'm not gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say this is one of those things that I get when you like. There, there's only six. Though, really. <laughs> <laughs> when you uh, when you take on a task and you're like, yeah, yeah, I'll just read them out, and you're like instantly regret it because you see the words. Well, I, I fucking struggled to say Aristotle, let alone <laughs> the actual words. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know. Patience. Patience, probably, because I, I don't know. I flip between thinking that I'm patient and just being completely impatient. Like, I'm one of those people, like, if you say, if, if someone says, oh, I need to tell you something, and they're like, oh, I'll talk to you later. I'm like, no, no, no. You're going to tell me now because you can't leave me hanging. <laughs> or like, or I have to wait for something. I just think, <laughs> oh, but then people get angry at you if you're not patient. I don't know. <laughs> Do you need patience when you're working on a song? Actually, that's a good point. I, I, I get very impatient with songwriting. Oh, but then sometimes impatience kind of drives you to to get things done. Because you're like, I don't want to sit with this. Or like, I don't want to wait until I feel inspired. I want to get this done. Or like, it makes you follow things up. I don't know. I feel like you're really stressing out with I this. Like I just went on a weird thought. <laughs> I know, I just went on a really mad thought train. <laughs> <laughs> we're all good. We're all going to finish this call and be like so stressed out about where who we are as people. <laughs> Well, well, I've made up mine. <laughs> what did you say? I said punctuality <laughs> isn't a thing. It's more of a trait, oh. isn't it? I feel like you, you can get yeah. away with that as a virtue. I I agree with Alex when you said, like, charisma and style. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess. Charisma and style. I don't know. 
Can I also just address that I thought when you were asking us the number between 1 and 23, I thought that was one of the questions. <laughs> yeah, so did I. <laughs> so did I. Nah, so I've got 23 of these yeah, questions yeah. with a number attached to each one. I'm totally with you now. But that's why I was like, Rory, is that your favorite number? Because why didn't you pick? Do you know I mean? Yeah, but I would have like... Yeah, I mean, or was it a question and you're just mm-hmm. fooling us all? <laughs> <laughs> I've actually also got the questions to the psychopath test written out. Next yeah, to them yeah. And I've just been dropping them in throughout the podcast. <laughs> you're all fucking mental. <laughs> Should we go oh, to a yeah. song? Who wants to, yeah. go, who wants to have the. Who wants to go sure. first? I can't believe we did the same song. <laughs> you know what I was thinking last night? I was thinking, I was like, do you know what? I should just quickly ask which tune he's going to do. I'm, I'm glad that you both did the same one. I think it's great. Alex, you can put a poll and see who prefers whose. Could you play them at the We're same time? We're not about time? competition here. <laughs> yeah, at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's... Russell pops up in both, though. Yeah, to be fair. Hashtag feature. <laughs> oh, God. Should we go to yours first, Russell? Because you've got a little bit of a story behind the. Oh, that's true. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not ready. <laughs> right, lay it on me. Do your spiel. Oh, we did like, different versions of it, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, should we play it? Should we listen yeah, to let's it? Play it? Let's play it. Have yourself. Christmas 
Okay, so I love this song. I think it's always been like one of my favorite Christmas songs. But because it's kind of, it's, it is Christmassy and it's kind of not Christmassy as well, it's quite sad. Because these, these are the like the mad old lyrics from the 40s when like Judy Garland sang it in a song. And it's about how you're sad this, this Christmas, but maybe Christmas next year will be better. And I just think that's like, really nice maybe it's just because I gravitate towards sad things but um <laughs> I just think it's like a really nice sentiment because it is it's that way it's like I mean everyone's gonna have a sad Christmas at some point in their life and it is it's hard um at this time of year when everyone else feels jolly and you're maybe not feeling so jolly but then it's also like everyone else everyone at this time of the year everyone this year is in a weird situation so I just thought the lyrics were quite poignant as well um, that's my beef <laughs> yeah. with Stuart doing <laughs> doing the, the happier version of the song <laughs> Michael Bublé version <laughs> <laughs> see I didn't even know there were two versions before I did it that's, that's, thanks for informing me I will no longer I will no longer perform the, the new lyrics <laughs> I think I like just all the sad Christmas songs I like the other one uh, Someday at Christmas the Stevie Wonder one. And that's the same thing. It's like, oh, hoping for a better future sort of thing. Which isn't sad. I don't know. Maybe I'm just, I have a weird aversion to like sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? <laughs> yeah. Which I don't mind. It's still good. It's just, you know, when you're in a mood and you're like, I just want to listen to sad Christmas Jesus, song. Russell. <laughs> bah humbug. Jesus. No, it's still Christmassy. <laughs> it's just like full Christmas spirit hasn't kicked in yet. No, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Had you two written before you did it over Zoom? Yeah. Um, twice? Two songs? You wrote two songs together? Yeah. I don't know why I keep speaking. <clears throat> End of last year and then start of this year. Two songs that people will be familiar with or two that are kind of locked in the Russell Stewart vault waiting, <laughs> to, waiting to make their appearance? <laughs> or was it a Van Ives song together? Or? Uh, one, one, the first one we wrote, we just wrote a song. Yeah. And the second one was, uh, Rowan sent me this beat. I just had a shite day at work. And then I so saw I ended up writing just a hook or something like a hook and a verse on it. And then I was just like, do you know who's going to be sick on this? Russell Stewart will absolutely <laughs> smash the second verse on it. It's got kind of like a no namey vibe. It's like, but not really. Yeah, I don't know how you weird. describe it. It's it's yeah. so cool though. Like, see, when you sent it over, That's I was like, true. "This is amazing." Yeah, it has the potential to be like a f absolute like I don't know a fun song, like a really actually like positive song. Not it's not actually a positive song, but a positive feeling song. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like it's not trying to be anything. It's not as well. It, I don't it, know. it, it feels very natural. I don't know. That's what I thought was really cool about it. It's a wee bit angsty coming back to what we came back to earlier. Yeah, it was it was funny because I like was doing a part. Well, still am doing this like part time job where occasionally I help this removal team, which is like not fun. And uh, so that was like about like the song was kind of about 
the other guys in the team were like, oh, I was, I'm kind of like, oh, I just want to get home as soon as possible. And they're like, oh, mate, you just got to catch those hours, right? And that's hmm. kind of like where the song started. Then I sent it to Russell and I was like, oh, this is what I wrote about. And he was like, oh, man, just in the work today. And it was raining and I got holes in my shoes. Oh, yeah. My feet are fucking soaking. <laughs> and like... I forgot about that. <laughs> so yeah. it was kind of... It seemed to just its way into the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Russell literally sent me like the, his verse in like 30 seconds on as a voice note. <laughs> <laughs> Where is this song? I just, I don't, we, we need to come back to it. Yeah, it's it's gonna it, it will be released. It's just a matter of when. It's so good. But yeah, that that was the song that we were potentially gonna do with Fat Suit as well, which would have been sick. So I think it like will come out at some point. It's just I don't know. It's kind of a summer tune as well. Yeah, that's true. Do you know? Maybe next summer. Yeah. Maybe next. See what the vibe is. Next year. <laughs> maybe next week. <laughs> I don't know. How many songs have you got in a like the van? I was kind of just sitting, thinking I've been worked on or in some kind of state. Oh God. I tend to fall in and out of love with songs very quickly. Uh, so there's probably like fifty, like sixty, just on the SoundCloud, which is it's funny. It's just like, but they all. The annoying thing is, is that we they're not just like guitar vocal like you actually spend like a week producing it and then you're like nah and then it just goes into this pile that's um, good though it's is, better than just having like like 60 half finished songs no i i don't know i think it's something i've just done recently is just been writing on the acoustic guitar and trying to get them all up because i i do think it's a better song when you're not relying on the production to help it do you know what i mean mm. but i I know, I know what you mean as well. When you have an idea of how you want it to sound, you never really know if the song's gonna work until you actually like produce it, and you're like, okay, that sounds like this now, or it doesn't. Is it harder yeah. to change when it's in that slightly more finished state, and it's kind of more of a complete song, like when you go back to it, as opposed to maybe just being on a guitar stripped down? For sure, yeah, for sure. It literally like if there's a bit of the production I don't like, it ruins the song. <laughs> just like nah. Yeah, and it's so simple. Like, yeah, just re-record the vocal or re-record. Do you know what I mean? But I'm sure you're the same, Russell. Yeah, it's weird because do you are you the same? It's like some songs start from the basic of just like a, like chords and a and a vocal, and then you build it. And then other songs you start straight off with like the full production. Yeah, and it's it's a weird there's the it's weird having those two ways coming at writing songs because they both turn out very differently and you're kind of right it's if you start building from the bottom up it's easier to kind of work your way back and finesse it a bit more which is but then if you start fooling at the production end you get those bits that stick in your mind and like you get two down one hole that you just give up on that song yeah. which is weird i don't know I think as well when you start on a guitar or a piano instead of a beat it sounds like a ballad already and it's hard to write being like oh cool well like if I do this like and play the guitar really hard like it'll make me feel like it's going to be an upbeat song it's like as soon as I pick up an acoustic, an acoustic guitar I'm like ready to write a ballad do you know what I mean I'm not thinking about making a mad trap tune I'm thinking about like sad stuff but then no. something like Heartstuck is almost a ballad atop of like a word kind of house. That was a weird tune, man. I yeah, I just got yeah. Rowan just sent me the the piano. It was like he actually that's one of the only songs that he sent me like a a beat. Like that whole thing was just like 
part one was like piano chords part two the sub came in and then part three was just this like rad fucking housey thing yeah i was like there's no way this will ever be a van ives chin and then just like chopped it up and i was like screw it it's also in like a crazy time signature and i've never really written like that before but so. then you sing in four four yeah, atop it don't you yeah sort of it's like gives it a four four feel but it's i guess it gives it that the same disjointed in the vocal <laughs> effects do though like it's kind of tying into that yeah i i yeah i think i just i don't know start getting start enjoying pitching vocals because then it doesn't sound like your own voice but in hindsight i think it maybe doesn't do as much for for the people that follow you want to hear your voice so when you pitch it down they're like why are you doing <laughs> i don't know maybe i'm thinking too much into it but I, that's something i worry about because like we're writing a bunch of stuff at the moment and like half of it is pitched down because i'm just like oh it's way more vibey mm. i think it's cool because it's i mean the whole thing is uh, your normal vocal comes in like not at the start but just after doesn't it and it's like the two together which sounds so it kind of fits with the rest of the song because it's kind of that sort of it's got that sort of loose housey feel as well i don't know i just think it's really cool it's really cool i love it Thanks. do you think it changes the way that people hear the your normal vocal when you have the other part in the song where you have pitched it down does it kind of change the way the normal vocals perceived or kind of heard by people i don't know i often try and listen to like like music from the perspective of someone that doesn't play music and i some i sometimes think what i hear when a pitch vocal is down i'm like damn sounds like it's gone through a tape machine and then they've slowed it down and it sounds nice and warm and it sounds like really full and like nice and then i think maybe other people just think why is there a demon on that <laughs> do you know what i mean that's what one of my daily worries that is one of my daily worries but screw it i don't know make music because i enjoy it i guess not because i mean rory you're coming at it from the point of view of a listener what do you get when you hear i was gonna track? say i'm i'm the guy that's just like why does stuart sound weird <laughs> rather than <laughs> rather than wow that tape effect that's been slowed down is really cool like yeah <laughs> i am i am the person that you probably don't want <laughs> to to be like wow that, that that effect that you've used on that synth is fucking sweet like i don't even know if what i said made any sense either so um yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's not it's good i remember one of the uh one of the comments on it when we released it was shite voice box <laughs> savage <laughs> so savage i was like wow you know that's bizarre yeah but it's cool i don't mind <laughs> <laughs> only my heart and soul how did uh the energy differ writing together over zoom as opposed to oh, i mean i presume that when you did that collab together did you do it in a room or was that also over yeah the very first one we were in the same room the three of us me russell and rowan and then daisy's kind of was back and forth a little bit and then you came around and we worked in it yeah. as well so that made it easier it was like so when we did it over did citrus over zoom it was like or even when we did some daisy's work over zoom it was like it was fine it was just like obviously we're talking through laptops but it was kind of like we're in the room together so it's fine yeah it's not bad i think like we've been using the software that means russell can like literally look into the ableton session as well when we were doing citrus so it's there's actually something kind of nice about being able to have your own headphones on or your own do you know what i mean because like 
whenever I've done mixing or anything like that before, you go around to someone else's house and you listen to it on their speakers and you're like, it sounds great here. And then when you take it home, it sounds different. So I think there is something nice about being able to do it in your own environment and be like, okay, this is actually how I feel. I'm not just like hyped on everybody else around <laughs> me or what it sounds like in the room. So I think that's kind of cool. It was interesting though, that mad streaming, <laughs> streaming of the project. <laughs> We're all looped in and, and on the Zoom as well. It was just a mad technical thing. Yeah. It wasn't flawless. <laughs> yeah, but so often it would just be at the best is because it would be like there's a slight latency, in because like Stuart would have it coming from his end to be in Rowan. Every so often it would crash, but you <laughs> so this like horrible stack sound comes through the stream, but you would see Stuart's reaction like a split second before you hear it. <laughs> <laughs> So it was just hilarious. It got to the stage that you and Rowan were able to take your headphones off quick enough. Because <laughs> you'd see it and you go, oh. Is there a difference like, in the energy and excitement when you're working on a song like writing it on your own compared to when you're working on it with other people? Yeah, definitely. You've, well, for me anyway, I just feel more enthused when I'm with other people. And yeah, you feel like you're bouncing off each other's energies and ideas and stuff. You feel like you're doing more even if you're not doing more, if that makes sense. Because <laughs> you feel like you're, you're like discussing ideas or you're processing ideas. And I don't know, it feels better than just sitting alone, thinking to yourself for hours and then thinking, oh, I've got nothing. <laughs> so it feels, yeah, you yeah. feel like you've actually done the work. Is that good? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just more fun. I agree. I think it is more fun. I think it is like, it's definitely something that's quite difficult. And I, I think especially when it's you're coming from a point of view that me and Russell probably write with other people is like you you're writing there for your own music or if not for their music and it's but still like a lot of I don't know a lot of passion goes into it and I think in an industry especially in the pop side is mainly you get writers and you get performers like the songs that are written are quite high paced and quite a lot of these writers are writing songs every day they're writing the same kind of style and it, I think when you're trying to do both you're trying to be this writer and trying to also be the artist it's quite like it's difficult to then be in another room a room with, with people and I don't know for me it took me a while to like appreciate how to write with someone it wasn't like straight in I'm just writing these words down and trying at it I like it's hard to know when to think overthink too much or, or when to let them in or when you should come up and start speaking I th like it's it's quite a hard thing to navigate I, fa I found when I first started anyway like it's pretty easy with Russell because we're already friends but like do you know what I mean so it's kind of doesn't really like it counts but it um it was easier yeah because like, you know, like I'm not awkward uh-huh yeah because you need to be comfortable with the people uh you're writing with which can be hard if you're just if you've just been put in a situation where it's like you're writing with such and such, you're just meeting them for the first time, being like, okay, let's write something. It's like, ooh. Yeah. It can be more... About that time, your uh, pet died. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like not yeah, it can be more out. daunting. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which is... But I suppose it's just practice and, I don't know, exposure to these sort of things. You get more used to it. Um, totally. But nah, I definitely feel like me and Stuart both write quite emotional stuff. Um so I definitely feel com most comfortable with Stuart. How do you how do you ensure that, like, say for instance, 
you know when you're on your own you get that feeling that you you know the song's moving in the right direction you kind of get that excitement from it when you're in a room together and you get that excitement of collaborating how do you kind of manage to keep that in perspective and not can and not confuse that excitement of collaborating with what's right for the song like does it become harder to work at what's right sometimes because of that that energy yeah i get what you mean because sometimes someone comes up with something you're like yeah let's do it and then you end up adding lots of different stuff to it you're like hmm is this too much (laughs) i don't know i think it's just a case of trying the stuff out because that is the benefit of doing it with other people is you have the opportunity to try more stuff out and get more opinions get more ideas different points of view I don't know, letting someone in is, like, when I first started writing with other people, I I wasn't successful at just letting stuff in. I'd either sit back and just, like, awkwardly, like, just watch it, watch the song get written, or, like, would cringe too much at stuff. And I think the more, or the longer I've, like, been writing with people, I feel like, I don't know, it's better just to address it there and then and be like, right, do you like that? No, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know, but it's definitely something I didn't realize was something you had to work at. And like when I was at uni, I don't, I was never told of. I was told about writing with other people, but I didn't realize how much of a major thing it it, it is in the industry. And I think, like, you're probably like you're probably finding that as well, Rory. That it's such like a but as a from a manager's perspective as well like it's quite a big thing is this like co-writing world and it's yeah it's it's something i was totally unaware of until like two three years ago and that it's like people just write songs every day and a lot of the time i feel it's hard to know whether they're actually if it's gonna ever be released or they're just in it to do the motions or like but it's such a crazy integral part of the music industry and yeah it's crazy yeah some people found it like like you said if you're speaking about like personal stuff some people are just like i'd rather just write myself so then never try co-write because of i don't know like when i first heard of it i almost like frowned upon it because i was like oh they need to use someone else to like write a song but that's not the case it's like if you work two people is better than one so like if you can collaborate and come up with the best result then that's the best like that's really the best option rather than then there's obviously other people as well who might try and write with other people and it doesn't work but then by them learning how they've written a song they might take something from a session even if it's not like the song itself i, th- I think co-writing is like so so good and so important but at the same time like some of the best songs come maybe like after a, like a co-write and then you actually think oh, like, I really like that idea that we did, but I'd rather just do it myself. And then, I mean, I'm saying this as if I know, but, like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just like, assuming that, that sometimes, like, that's probably what happens. But then, I mean, the results that you guys have come up with are, like, so good. So, I mean, obviously, it works between you two. But then, like, maybe, like, if you did it with someone else and you, like, try the same things and it didn't work, then you just move on and just go back to you two smashing out the chips. <laughs> yes. I think that, like having the like growing the team as well is like so essential and like when you release a song with someone else and or that you then the team literally doubles in size of people pushing it and people supporting it and Yeah. Like I know it's 
definitely probably a bigger thing with like major label artists but do you know what i mean it's just i actually i take that back it's a big thing i think for indie artists as well it's like i don't know like you have different musical circles and different people that work on your musical team so when you put out a chain you like everyone just comes together and be like cool let's noise this up a little bit yeah, yeah. that's one thing that is like amazing it's just collaborating and doing collabs like i just like i just want to do that all the time <laughs> just because i think it's like so fun and so interesting and you get so many like strange and weird and wonderful outcomes from them i think lockdown has made me think i just want to do more writing do more collabs do as much mad stuff with other people as possible how does that work for you though like as well Rory, as a photographer because if they can do co-writes you know and bounce stuff off of other people and kind of get fresh ideas from that or maybe get a little bit of perspective. Is there any way that you can do that as a photographer? Is there any way you can bounce things off of other people? How do you kind of get a perspective so you know what you're doing is going to work for the band and stuff? That's a well tricky question. I guess like from like a photographer, like an example would be maybe like editing styles or like things that you try out. And like maybe like you'd send like other photographers that you trust like edits and like see if they like it. And maybe they might say, oh, like tweak this, tweak that. But I guess it's not the same as like, working like on a song with each other because of you can both work at it whereas like only one person can take the photo i mean someone else can edit it but i guess like i don't know i don't think it's very similar how do you feel because i remember seeing that like, over lockdown and stuff you went back to some of your old photos and kind of re-edited them yeah how did that kind of change the way you felt about them because they looked um, i think i saw a few before and afters and they looked pretty radically different <laughs> some of them yeah, like, I guess it's just, like, what like what styles you're into and stuff. Like, I used to love, like, making it, like, changing the colours completely. And then now it's kind of, like, I like emphasising the colours more. When you're writing tunes, it's maybe about, like, what you're into at the minute. And, like, the influences, that's kind of, like, what, like, the songs you come out with sound like. Whereas, like, with the photos, I guess, it's just kind of, like, what you see. And, like, you take influence from other photographers and, like, learn what they do and, maybe try stuff out and if it works it's great if it doesn't it, it doesn't but like when I like revisited pictures I kind of like didn't look at the first one and then would edit the raw file again and then I would like compare it and be like god that was awful back then <laughs> <laughs> or like like how the fuck did I do that <laughs> like, but yeah like I think the revisiting photos was weird I didn't like doing it but I had nothing else to do so <laughs> I was in like <laughs> had to try something how do you feel your styles changed then did you kind of learn things about your own photography style as a result of doing that? yeah I think I like I think I went from more like adventurous stuff the more I've like developed my style and like confidence as well like the the style of shot I've done or like directing people and stuff like Stuart seen me from like when I was like first starting when we worked with like both worked with B Charlotte and like I would never say anything I would just be like in the corner like fucking <laughs> little camera in the corner or something but then like with Russell like, we did a shoot recently where it's like we kind of like worked together and like getting the best angles and what worked and then I went like mad with some of the edits and I was just like just hear me out this might work and I would yeah. send it over and then for some of them you're like fuck that's sweet yeah. and then some of them you're probably just like wow that's really cool but like didn't like it oh, they were <laughs> but cool. i guess yeah i think it's just confidence i think i've developed my style more and like more confident in what i do now whereas like before i was quite reserved i think but i guess that's the same with music as well it's like finding your feet and finding your sound 
like that's I feel like that's what I've done with like my editing style and like photos I've taken stuff. Is it easier to kind of understand or maybe anticipate what would what Russell would like or what would work for him when you know him kind of better than maybe some people you're working yeah, for the first time? Definitely. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And like if you know if it's for a single and like the singles like to know like super bright and fun and stuff, they want like bright and fun photos. They don't want like industrial backgrounds and if if you know the person you know this what they're wanting the photos for it really benefits like you know more for the photo should we go back for maybe one or two from mr proust before we go for another tune <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah now that we know how to play <laughs> yeah it's your turn Stuart. yeah you've got to pick a number, number between one and 23 that's not eight or eleven no not uh, oh, seven. Like seven yeah sorry Seven eleven. Pick number seven, 11. number nine. <laughs> number nine. Number nine. What is wow. the trait you mo- <laughs> What is the trait you most deplore in oh. others? <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty cutting. We're gonna find out what you don't <laughs> like about other people. I'm gonna put myself out on a limb here and say someone who's too happy all the time. You know, someone who's just too, just a little bit too over the top, like wow. excessively happy. Yeah. Well, you you don't get like a you don't get an actual gauge yeah no emo- no actual emotion it's just yes yes or yes. is excessive happiness a trait but you know that you know that person it's just it's almost just too much sometimes you're like, just chill out. <laughs> you've got to have the sad to be happy you can't just be yeah going mm-hmm. at 100 miles an hour all the time they have that like fake like social media personality all the time where it's like mm-hmm. everything's positive when yeah that's maybe where it's coming like, from something... i don't trust them yeah i'm like no one's this happy all the yeah. time what's going on sus. there's something going on here absolutely sus <laughs> uh and it's just a trait. I feel like that's so open. There's loads of things that I, that people do that I really I hate. hate about everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, when someone crosses the road and they're going to cross the road regardless, but they push the button anyway. <laughs> <laughs> See, at one of those I, that like automatically changes to red and you're driving yeah, yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to stop even though that person's already crossed the road yeah, they're like they're halfway up the street there was no there was no cars when they were crossing yeah. the road you're coming like, at that from it, the point of view of a driver though yeah but i i right if you're an old lady a small child do you know what i mean struggle walking whatever if you're slow i don't if you're too stoned press it do you know what i mean fine but if you're like a normal person that is just about to run across the street anyway and you just go ahead and press it. I've done that though it's sometimes. As bad as like I've not realised there's a car coming <laughs> and I've like mindlessly pressed the button and it instantly there turns I turn around and I'm like oh and I like mouth sorry to the driver. <laughs> <laughs> but you wave like you do the oh cheers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, do the awkward oh, sorry. Yeah. Are you prone to road rage Stuart? It sounds like you're coming at the perspective of this from nah, someone who's been sitting behind the wheel of a car and someone's pushed it and you're raging. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think I've ever used my horn otherwise, un- unless I'm saying hello to someone. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you're a polite tutor. <laughs> as, I get, as I get arrested for tooting my horn for the wrong reason. Um, no, nah, I'm really chill. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Not really ever in a rush. So it's like I'm usually chill. What frustrates me the most is when I'm like, oh, I've made a mistake here. I'm just gonna correct this or like indicate in because I've made I've made look I've made a wrong turn, or like, I we started driving the the vans for the removal people every now and then, and they're big vans, 
and there's like people just like beeping the horn being like look you cut me off and shout like the other day someone put, made me put down my window and he was like screaming at me through the window and i was like dude it's five o'clock i've been working all day i i'm not out here every shit. day i'm not looking to try i'm not trying to cut you off i'm not trying legitimately i'm not driving around looking for you to fuck your day up <laughs> Do you know what i mean i made a clearly made a mistake let me get back into the lane please like thing is though so i think if you're in a massive van you could just yeah. run them off the side of the road with no real repercussions for you just tail yeah, exactly. the side of them yeah see you later <laughs> wow we seem to have I really think... hit a nerve here with John. <laughs> yeah no, do you know what do you know what i think annoys me the most what gives me the most road rage is other people's road rage i think that's <laughs> i do get it to be fair you're like just chill out man just it's not worth yeah. it I, really yeah what was Prowse's question? What, <laughs> what, what sets off your road rage? Trait. What, tra- what trait sets off your road rage? Oh. <laughs> what is the trait you most deplore in others? I don't know. I'm not going to ever go another spiel, but when people are unaware, like, do you know what I mean? When they like, not, no, nah, unaware is wrong. I'm thinking of, like of littering and that kind of stuff. When you ignorant. have ignorant. Ignorant. Yeah. Ignorance. Yeah. Intentional ignorance. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good one. That's a really good one. I don't know if it fit. I don't know how this fits into a trait. But when I'm talking to someone and we're eating, and they stop talking to eat. No, you can't eat with your mouth open. No, I don't mind. (laughs) (laughs) I like when people talk to me with their mouth open. (laughs) Like. Like they're more into the food than they are your. No, not that. It's like when people. When they're like, oh no, I won't, I'll stop talking to eat because Russell won't like to see me talking with food in my mouth. And I'm like, no, no, it's fine. I don't care. I just want to hear the conversation. So, (laughs) like, it's like, (laughs) I don't want people to feel self-conscious. So I'm like, no, just. So that's, that's their fault. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Just whenever I'm having a conversation and people stop talking to like clear their mouth i'm like i don't care or it's, it's always people people always stop at like a pivotal moment in a story to chew their food actually that is annoying I get and i'm that. like <gasps> maybe you wait in anticipation yes you're like spit it back out and tell me what's going but on. that comes back to my <laughs> my patience problem so <laughs> <laughs> this has turned into a bit of a like a, a th- self-therapy session i know it really has yeah <laughs> rory you're last up I think ignorance was a good one. I like that. Where do you see ignorance most in your day to day? I don't know. Just like I think, just like general, like people not caring for others, like being like self-absorbed, and like I think that annoys me because like, or like people people who are like really selfish in what they do, and like they 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 would rather them benefit and someone else suffer, like rather than caring for others. That I think that's that annoys me. Yeah, I'm not going to go into a deep hole because I feel like we all have and <laughs> I don't want to be like ripping shit down. <laughs> yeah, selfishness, yeah. Should we have one more from Mr. Price before we go for the final tune? 16. I'm big. What is your most treasured possession? <laughs> oh. oh. That's a good one. Wow. Oh. <laughs> I'm like looking around my room to see... <laughs> Your camera, surely, Rory, or nah? But so you can, you can just like, draw pictures. Yeah, and you can just replace <laughs> it, you know. 
But I guess if it's something that you money use, bags or, over there. Well, I I said I said you. I didn't say I could just replace it. I didn't say with the same one because I definitely couldn't like, do that. Um, that the new disposable uh, camera. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The the ten pounds like boots disposable cameras. <laughs> I don't know because if it's something that like I use a lot, then it would be like my phone, which I use like a stupid amount. You could just replace then, it though. You could just replace it, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I've got lots of like my, my family stuff. That's stuff and things that you like, like just like a mug and stuff like that. And you like, yeah, it yeah. It only really holds coffee, but do you know I mean you can't? You're never never gonna throw it out. Yeah, things you can't replace. No. Do you still have all those VHS tapes of yours, Stuart? Yeah, yeah, I do. I just actually got another box. So my granny just moved out of the house uh, that her and my granddad lived in. Um, so we've basically been like inheriting stuff. And I just got all like a huge box full of uh, their VHS tapes from their holidays. So that's well uh, cool. Yeah, so it's quite intense. Like the house is absolutely like filled with like stuff, but it's gonna be exciting. I'm gonna plan is to go through it all and like convert it to uh, MP4 and stuff. But it's gonna be exciting. Like I think the two of them, like my granny and granddad, went on loads of holidays and stuff. Um, so I'm gonna I'm excited to like see what it's what it's like and i've got the camera as well the video camera is like an uh, old sony <laughs> yeah it puts onto like high 10 ta- uh high 8 tape um it looks so good it's like but it's hilarious it's like on the camera it's got no like digital viewfinder thing it's only got like the little thing to look through yeah and it's funny it's like the settings are like stretched and you can just have people like it just stretches the frame onto t- like or mosaic and like it's just all these it's like stuff you <laughs> yes. never use but so yeah i guess yeah i'm excited i like i like having things like that like sentimental stuff like things with like more than more than just like a materialistic value yeah it's memories yeah, totally. that's the thing i think like it's hard to think of a most treasured possession because they don't really matter like it's more than memories associated with them yeah I'd probably say like photo albums, some like family ones, and I used to take lots of like ones when I was wee, like I'd steal a disposable off my mum or dad or something like that and just take loads of stupid pictures. And I used to like like getting disposables at my birthday or something like that and just take loads of pictures. Or just me and my friends when we were like, know, like seven or eight or something. So like those are so like they give you so much like warmth when you look back through them, and that's something you can only really experience when you look back through the physical pictures because you don't remember them sort of thing it's so it's it's you just know they're there so i guess that's a treasured possession um but yeah i used to go mad i used to just sometimes you'd look through the photo albums because we just used to take lots of pictures my dad always liked taking loads of pictures and my mum as well and you just it like got to the point where i was born and then like two years later suddenly there's just like eight pictures in a row of like teddies and then like the ceiling <laughs> and then me running up to oh, people shit. and me in, the, me in the mirror it's just like a new era of random pictures has dawned that's so, that's so cute that's so good that's so funny 
have you ever had that with a song before like what you're saying there where it's about a memory that, that you then no longer remember like have you ever written a song about a specific experience and then forgotten what the experience you wrote about was uh no i don't think i've ever forgotten an experience you sort of i don't know sometimes you write about something and it clears that in your head so you don't it doesn't linger anymore so you only you only think about it when you come across the song if you know if that makes sense it becomes it becomes a physical thing rather than a mental thing if that makes sense so it's like you putting it into form like into same way as a picture like you putting it into song clears it from your mind so that you only really think about it when you come across what it's become and it comes like a memory probably as well do you know what I mean it's like a documentation yeah in some ways do you know what I mean of how you were feeling or what it was about and that's where you draw like because you'd probably spend so much time thinking about it while you're writing as well so you kind of it's almost like you've written down that memory do mm-hmm. you know what I mean it's a way of like processing it and leaving it in the past sort of thing should we go to our final song yeah Rory, you've recorded a slam poetry set for us. Yeah. We're going to roll that now. <laughs> Enjoy. Christmas themed, right? Yeah, always. <laughs> Every day, all year round. All year round, just Christmas vibes, man. <laughs> oh. oh, God. <laughs> why, did, uh, why did you choose to record this song, Stuart? Cover it. I had to, I I played this in high school at at um Christmas. I remember it being awesome. So I thought <laughs> I'm sure it was horrific. But at the time, I think I just learned how to play a diminished chord. So I was like, holy crap. Do you know what I mean? I'm I'm actually amazing at guitar. Do you know what I mean? I can play something that doesn't sound like a power chord. <laughs> so I kind of remember doing that and I was like, god I could probably still play this even if I didn't look at like look up the chords and stuff. Um so I wanted to give it another bash. Of yourself I've made a decision. Let your heart be From now on our troubles will be out of sight. yourself a meditation make the old time gay from now on our troubles will be miles away here we are in the golden days happy of yours faithful friends who are dear to us gathering near to us once more through the years we all will be together if the fates allow Shining star upon the highest throne, and I'll you 
yourself a merry little Christmas now. Here we are in the golden days, happy golden days of yore. Faithful friends who are dear to us, gather near to When you were when you were growing up, did you quite often get asked at like Christmas time to stand up in front of people and do a song? Like when the family come around for Christmas, was that something that happened, or did you have a talent that was exercised in that way? <laughs> Ooh, even better! I used to dance when I was young. Not like I didn't get lessons, but I used to like, you know, do dances or like plays. Um, but when I got a bit older, my dad and my sister are also musicians, so it was never like. It was never just like solely focused on me. It was usually like a family vibe, and like, or my sister would play something by herself first, and then I'd play like Largo on one string on the guitar, or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Be terrible, and I'd, I'd be like, No, no, no! I don't want to perform. Don't want to perform. And then you play it, and then you're like, Oh, play the same tune again. <laughs> like, you know, um, but yeah, especially at school and stuff. Like, if you're like musically orientated, my school was so tiny that like. Yeah, you'd you'd be the person. How many people were you at school? Uh, not not many. I'd probably say like <laughs> in my last year. In, in last year, I think there was like thirty of us in sixth year, maybe less, which wasn't too like it's not the smallest. But I know compared to some people in like Glasgow, especially like um, my whole school would have been their year. Do you know what I mean? And so it's like crazy were you like the only musical person then or were there a few of you oh no there was loads of people that were good at music but yeah i think because i played guitar and sang do you know what i mean it, not i think a lot of other people were like instrumentalists or something so you just you were a bash. celebrity i was truly <laughs> i was not a celebrity he was the guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> It was terrible. I'm sure I just got made fun of in the background. It was like, oh, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Singing again. Did you have any talents, Russell and Rory, that got kind of brought out every Christmas time? Russell, you were my G at school. You probably, did you not play like a couple of <laughs> Yeah. I was going to say 10. <laughs> yeah, so cool. Um, I don't know. I used to, uh, my, my gran always makes me play silent night on piano or keyboard or something so that was something that we always do every christmas or every christmas eve and uh, 
I don't know what else. Were you in the school band? Yeah. Really? Oh yeah, at school I did. I, I sort of did lots and I did sort of did everything. All the musical stuff at school, like the Mad G. Yeah, the musical <laughs> G. So I did like choir and jazz band and orchestra and wind band and right, sure. senior <laughs> choir thing. And then I did big band as well outside of school. Oh, and then I did like mad behind the noise like program thing, which was for like schools. That's like to get kids into into the music industry. And it's like not just teaching you about classical music or... Um, that that's sort of stuff that's to actually teach you about music business and music industry. So I did that as well, and that was brilliant. But yeah, I used to just like fill my time with as much musical stuff as possible. But yeah, I used to do different things. Like I played saxophone as well, so I did that in some things, and then sang in other things, and then I then was in various bands as well. Alto or tenor? Uh, How many times did you play rocking <laughs> around the Christmas tree at Christmas time? <laughs> I don't think I ever played that actually. What? What's the tune that goes like What? Shazam it. Sing that again. No, I'm not going to do it again. I thought you were a way to get the ukulele out there, Rory, but I was disappointed to see it's a camera to you. Yeah, sorry to disappoint, guys. What did you What did you do at school assembly, Rory. It's like, right, everyone, I'm going to take out the red eye in this photo. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, watch, watch me take a photo. <laughs> no, I just, Ooh, uh, I was, yeah, no, I didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I just, I just uh, enjoyed. I, I watched everyone perform. I clapped for everyone. Wow. Did you, uh, did you play instruments at school, Rory? I, I tried. I, um, what did I do? I did, one lesson of piano and then good effort <laughs> i just i just literally i could not read music i, I just couldn't do it so then i didn't do it <laughs> and then i i did like six months or something of saxophone where i would just yeah. learn playing like i would learn the note by like listening to it and then just playing it over and over again trying to learn that mm. way and then my teacher actually stopped wanting to teach me because of i didn't try and read music i would just try and learn it by ear oh, memorize it yeah and he was just like i can't teach you if that's the way that you're going to do it so i got stopped pretty early on so yeah that was my uh my music playing career over oh. yeah Pick up again. i'll teach Still you, time, I'll teach you yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take that off. i'll take that off on you make that your new year's resolution next, next single Yes. I don't think my neighbours would like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that used to happen to me. I used to get like people like kicking down or through the wall or something like that when I was just playing for too long. Um, it's just such a well loud instrument though, isn't it? Yeah. Like there's, yeah. Like, there's no way of toning it down. <laughs> I feel like when you start as well, you're just blasting it. Yeah. There's no real tune to <laughs> yeah. it. You're just going for it. Yeah. I want to learn how to play the bass guitar. Why the bass guitar? I've decided because it looks like the easiest of all the guitars. <laughs> <There's less> strings. <laughs> you just insulted a, a large swathe of the oh. musical population. Yeah, yeah. I totally. said it looks like it. I didn't say it was. <laughs> yeah. 
So I'm gonna get proven wrong. <laughs> so. <laughs> On that note, gentlemen, I wish you a very Merry Christmas when Yay. it comes. Happy and Christmas, everyone. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Merry Christmas. Yeah, thanks for Thank you for having us. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.